Welcome to Renegade Rules. Kick back, settle in, and let us fill your ear holes with early learning information, wisdom, and advice. And now, here's Heather and Jeff. We're back with another episode of Renegade Rules. Thanks for joining us. Um, we're going to dive into the topic of recess today, and with me is Jeff Johnson, um, who's been tantalizing me with a great story about recess, so I thought we might just jump right into it. Okay. Hey, Heather. Good to be back with you. Um, here's my recess story. A number of years ago, uh, my wife Tasha and I were volunteering in, in the kindergarten class, and mostly because uh, kids that were former children from our program were in this kindergarten class. I was teaching yoga at the time, and the teacher was one of my yoga students, and it was it was just a good, fun fit. We got to see former former kids we spent a lot of time with and hang out with our kindergarten teacher buddy, and it was great. The first day we showed up to volunteer, I got to go out for recess. Now, in this school at this time, recess, afternoon recess, was seven minutes long. Oui. Uh, <laughs> Yeah, yeah. Um, that count putting the coats and hats on or not? Oh, oh yeah, most of the time, because uh, the the recess bell would ring and then you got ready and then you got outside and then pretty much oh. you came in. And so, and it was it was uh, it was about this time of January, February, and uh, we head out for recess and we get out there as quick as we can. And I'm surrounded by five and six year olds, and I reach out and I whack one uh, one uh, a girl on the shoulder and say, "Tag, you're it." And I turn around to take off running. And I move a few steps and I realize there's nobody chasing me and I stop and I turn around and this, the six year old girl is standing there. She got the long brown hair, um, uh, the, the cap, the uh, gloves, the, the winter coat on hands on her hips, legs apart. And she says, Jeff, are you trying to get us in trouble? I said, what? And she said, we're not allowed to play tag. We can't. We're not supposed to run on the playground. You're not supposed to run at all. And not supposed to run on the playground. Now, this is one of those. Uh, I don't know what it, I've seen it in other communities. Back, I, I grew up on a playground that was asphalt, and this is one yeah, of those. So yeah, this is one of those asphalt playgrounds. Actually, they were lucky enough. Uh, far off on the other side of the field, they actually had a grassy area. But you know, everything is pretty much covered with snow and ice. And no, they're not allowed to run on the playground. And I was. Can they do a fast walk? <laughs> well, um, we got into it a little bit. Uh, we decided that yes, we would fast walk tag, and 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 we decided to move over to the far corner of the parking lot where the teachers weren't watching us. And I felt a little bit. Well, I felt a little bit like a renegade um, going off as an adult, going off with these kids to sneak in some tag playing in the far corner of the parking or of the playground. And uh, and I hear these stories all the time. There's there's a, a program. I think it was in was it Toronto, someplace uh, northernish that they they banned uh, cartwheels on the playground recently. There were some older girls that were in gymnastics that were were spotting teaching younger kids how to do cartwheels during recess. And I mean, this is a great multi-age learning experience, all kinds of good stuff going on there, but it was too dangerous. They ban- they didn't technically ban it. The, 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 super, the principal said that um, they could do cartwheels as long as they had a certified spotter um, with them, which, of course, the school didn't possess. So, mm. 
Mm-hmm. Um, Early lessons in bureaucracy, right? Yeah, yeah. So, These are life skills for the young citizens to work around. So what do we need to know as renegades? What do we need to know about recess? Well, I think understanding that there's something wrong. And in your case, I mean, these are kids that you had in your program that you knew a little bit, but you really had no idea what they were experiencing on the playground until you went and observed and basically tried to join in a game. We often have no idea what's going on at our schools. How many recesses does your child have? And we're not even just talking elementary school, but a lot of preschools that are housed in an elementary school building are subject to the same rules. So three- and four-year-olds are having very limited outdoor time, too. Um, So go find out. A lot of times um, they won't think you're this big investigative reporter because you just want to visit your child during recess or during lunch. Usually they welcome you at those young ages, So, um, and the kids welcome you. So go find out. Go watch recess and see what happens. See if, well, is it really a 25-minute recess, or do they spend half that time lining up and putting their coats on because that's not recess, that part. Um you know, the, the seven-minute recess time, that's really short. You know, how long can you really get into a game in that amount of time? So go see what's going on and find out. Um, kids will tell you what the recess rules are. Say, hey, what can you do on this playground or what gets you in trouble here? And the kids will tell you what the darndest things. One kid got in trouble for picking up a bouquet of leaves, fall leaves, to give to his mother. <laughs> because the rule was at that school, no picking stuff off off the ground because it might have been a stick or something. So he had to stand against the wall for the rest of recess because he picked up some fall leaves. For touching leaves. Yeah. And, you know, we live up in the north. I live up in northern Michigan. And um, we had to rearrange the broadcast or recording of this podcast because of a big snow day yesterday. So we get tons and tons of snow here. And uh, my kids have been in various programs around the um, the district, and one of the one of the schools had a rule that the kids couldn't pick up snow. Yeah. <laughs> well, the school year is pretty much all snow outside, <laughs> so you know can't pick up snow. They were afraid about somebody getting their their eye lost through a snowball. Now I actually have a cousin <laughs> who lost her eye through a snowball. It can happen. I'm not belittling uh-huh. how important eyes are, but you can have you can have other rules to guide that. Um, you know, it's just banning everything and touching and exploring because kids need to touch and explore, as, as we all know. But um, go find out what's happening at your kid's playground for starters and then see how your gut reacts to it. With that same kindergarten class, another time I got in trouble for touching snow. Um, I uh, we, we were out and it was for, you know how they, they take the playgrounds, they push it all to the fence line and everything. And I, I made a snowball and I tossed it. And I got again, Uh-oh. again from the six-year-olds. I got the look, the the what the heck are you doing to us? Uh, look, that's not what they said. But and I'm like, what? What? It's snow. We're we're. I, I was like, it's snow. We're kids. Um, and and no, we can't. We can't. We can't touch the snow. Mm-hmm. <sighs> I mean, we don't get Michigan snow here in Iowa. We don't have a great lake to cause a snow effect but we get enough and it, it's it's part of the world and when when we can't we we've, we've had the 
and and the sticks. I I I visit a lot of programs, and when you visit an early learning program, and you walk around the playground, and you see that there aren't any sticks on the playground, but over the, there's one place over the fence. There's like a, a three foot pile of sticks. Like every stick that lands on the playground, they they toss it over the fence. Uh, that we'll have to we'll have to put that on the list. Uh, a future stick episode. That kind of stuff. It it's 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 maddening. Um, so what do we do about it when we when we get a hold of the schools and we find out what recess is like for our children when we go visit and hang out and it's a mess? What do we do about it? Well, I think first take a deep breath and take heart because you have to um, pick apart which issue is going to be most important, both to your family, your kid, and and maybe the whole school, um, because in your short little story about visiting. Um, the, the school where they um, couldn't play tag or they couldn't even run, that has so many different issues attached to it. And you, you can't solve them all at once. And you certainly can't solve them alone. So, um, you know, maybe you're going to focus on time, that the seven-minute time is just not long enough. Um, or maybe you're going to focus on um, the, the element of physical risk and, and, and that playing tag really is, is an okay thing to do. So you have to decide what it is that's bothering you most or what do you think is impacting the kids the most? Um, because almost guaranteed there's going to be a slew of issues once you observe a little bit and ask a few questions. <laughs> yeah, your kids your kids will be graduated by the time you work through the list of things you come up with your first visit to the playground. Um, well, yeah, unless you have a large <laughs> yeah, family. Yeah, yeah, and then you, you might still your... your... <laughs> Yeah, your, but, your 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 fifth child will have a real. If you start with the first kid, your fifth child will have a a great recess experience in their upper elementary years. If you start the fight with your first child, um, and you space them out a couple years apart, you should be good. Um, yeah, no, well, that, you know, but you don't want to be too disheartened about it because people have been making changes. Um, I mean, some schools the recess has even been eliminated, and parents have spoken up, and um, you have to find your allies. So um, get a little bit of information from the kids, do some observations, get a little bit of information from the school. Maybe they have a policy of how many recesses they're supposed to have, or maybe the district has a policy. So uh-huh. find out, you know, what there is out there. Um, and then find some allies. Some of the allies are the teachers. They're not on this. Yeah, I, I was just going to say that the, the teacher that we were volu- volunteering for, um, she, she knew it was a mess. And she ended up taking early retirement because she just couldn't, she couldn't keep fighting the fight anymore, and it right. and it broke her heart. But uh, but yeah, those teachers, a lot of times they the schools will set you know like this seven minute recess policies and stuff because they need uh, quote unquote more learning time. <sighs> That'll be another episode. Um, and and so they 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 grab that seat time out of recess time, and teachers know it's wrong, and they know the kids that get outside come back refreshed and able to focus and those kind of things, and and so a, a lot of times those teachers are going to be valuable allies in this kind of fight, right. and they, they may right. they may what they may need is you as a mouthpiece because exactly. because they they can't lose their job over it. Um, and as long as you're respectful, that's the key. It's just trying to, you know, keep that, um, just trying to help out and help the kids. And you'll probably find some people it really resonates with. So um, find some allies. And the reason that people like that teacher took early retirement you mentioned is because she didn't have any allies. Felt as if she was alone. Yeah. And people get scared because 
speaking up is scary. Bucking the system is terrifying, right? We don't want to do it. Oh, we just let things go along as they are. But if it's your own kid coming home and crying or having stomach aches because there's too much something that they don't like at school, well, ask them how recess is going. Um, there was one little first grader who told his mom, um, I guess uh, kindergarten he'd liked school and he was all happy about it. In first grade, he didn't like it anymore. He said, I hate school. Well, it wasn't the teacher. It wasn't this. It wasn't that. And she found out that they had eliminated recess for his age group. So, you know, find out what it is that's that's going on and, and um, do what you can in your own way to get the conversation going. Uh, yeah. And I mean, we we live in a time where renegades have never been more powerful. We, we, we the, the power you have at the tip of your fingers in your smartphone, probably the device you're listening to this podcast on is, is a, is a, is a, is a tool for rousing the rabble for, for rebelling, for, for making a ruckus when it comes to this kind of stuff. And so when we can, when we can harness the power of social media as a way to, to magnify our voices, when we, when we decide we're going to be brave enough to speak up, up, about this kind of stuff, uh, we we've got more resonance, more more reach than we've ever had before. Yeah, that's true. And another thing that works wonders is, let's say you have some people at your child's school that are feeling, uh, yeah, tentatively. Maybe they're ready to make some changes, but they they're scared to. Oh, what if it doesn't work right? And da da da. Well, see if you can find maybe a friend of yours has a child at another school, and they do recess right, or they get a lot of the elements right. So people, these uh, teachers, administrators, all sorts of people can uh, feel much more comfortable if they just take a field trip over to see, oh, here's how it works at this neighboring school. Oh, I get it. Okay. It's not the end of the world if we make this change. Yeah, yeah, and there's so much. And I mean, if you can't make that physical field trip, which is always the best choice, there's so much information out there online that for from programs, whether it's uh, schools, uh, elementary schools, or, or or early learning programs that are that are getting it right, that can be held up as models for this kind of stuff. Yeah. The world the world doesn't end if you create an opportunity for kids to touch snow. Um, some some of the you know I, I did a post about this a couple years ago on Facebook and. And some of the solutions that I heard from schools schools were one school, um, I think it was in Nebraska, instead of piling all that snow up along the fence line, the, uh, the plow driver, it's just, a, you know, the guy in his pickup would pile it all in the middle of the playground. And they, the school had a couple dozen sleds, and the kids got to climb and and be on the snow. And they they were expected, you know, there were there were some some expectations for for you know keeping everybody safe, uh, and those kind of things. Uh, but life was good there. Another school they set up for snowballs. They didn't, for whatever reason, didn't want. Maybe they didn't want to lose an eye. Didn't want kids throwing snowballs at each other. But on the on the side of uh, the school building, the uh, custodian painted a couple targets, and uh-huh. there okay. became a safe place to throw snowballs. Uh, right. So there are ways that we can make these these things kids need to do. Um, fit into fit, fit into the needs of the bureaucracy, a, I guess. A community, yeah. Well, both to keep the lawyers happy and to keep um, people feeling safe, um, including the other kids, because some kids would get very stressed by having snowballs thrown around. <laughs> um, and as a young kid, I 
did not always want to be in a snowball fight, especially at school. I didn't mind at home with my brother, but I wasn't so sure about a big melee. Yeah. And um, the elementary school I went to, this this is back in the 70s, so maybe not a solution others feel that they can cope with these days. But we had a back side of the school where the main playground was and then a front yard. And the front yard was where you threw snowballs. And the back, it was not allowed. So if you wanted to be part of a snowball fight, you just went around the front. Yeah, yeah, that self-selected choice. Yeah, and 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 just having that, having that, the choice of opting out is is one of the big, big, uh, big pieces of play anyway. And so creating those kind of uh, kind of situations can be can be a valuable thing. Hey, Heather, what was what was what was your favorite go-to activity during recess when you were a kid? Oh, stealing other people's hats and having a grand game of chase. (laughs) (laughs) You know, and you take turns grabbing the hat, and it wasn't a picking on someone thing. It was a a group game that had a lot of running and chasing in it. (laughs) Um, I did a lot of jump rope, but a lot of active things. That's, Involving running. Yeah, lots and lots of running going on. Were you? Oh, and dodgeball. Dodgeball was big. Oh, man, I love me some dodgeball. Uh, kickball and Red Rover. In fact, it's funny you should bring that up because I just volunteered at my children's elementary school. They um, have Fridays where you teach classes that are a little different than the normal ones. So I proposed a class on old old-time recess games because I realized these kids didn't know Red Rover. I was out one day with a bunch of kids and we decided to play Red, or I said, let's play Red Rover. And they said, okay, well, what is it? And, you know, banging through uh, a line of kids holding hands is a very powerful thing and it's really fun. And so I I said, well, they just don't play these games because they don't know about them. So I held a four-week class on how to play old recess games. <laughs> we dredged out Red Rover, and we did um, uh, Snap the Whip, that one where you run in a line and try to shake the last person off. Yeah. And we did um, Kick the Can and just all kinds of old games. And they loved them. Every, everybody lived? Well, everybody it- lived. And, you know, the kids I was working with were eight, seven, six, five. They were young. Uh-huh. And... Kids that age, they're, they're, when they crash through a line of kids, they're really not very big. You know, they're little bodies. There's not a lot of hurt. Not, <laughs> not a whole lot of mass and momentum going on. No, there. I mean, if you're talking about ninth graders, there could be a lot more power. But at this age, they, they don't have a lot of body mass. But the amount of giggles that were happening. Oh, yeah. Anytime, you know, body contact in an appropriate way was so much fun. They loved that dangerous element. Yeah. <laughs> they thought it was dangerous. Yeah. Um, so I, yeah. I, I talk about Red Rover in, in one of my presentations, and I, I used to love to play. I got to find out. I, I, I got to find out what kind of what kind of renegade you were, what kind of radical you were. So when you're playing Red Rover, did you ever do the thing where you where you drop down and, and catch them like right right at the shins? Uh, yeah, you go up and down with your arms. Yeah. Anyway, you. Yeah, and and so did you ever do the thing where you'd you'd purposely clothesline somebody? Uh, probably. I, don't <laughs> I bet you did. I can tell. <laughs> <laughs> well, or or the thing where you let go, where, where they're coming and they're coming full speed, and then you let go, and they end up they yep. they oh, yeah. end up in a lilac bush or something. I love that. We didn't have any lilac bushes. We were all asphalt, but you know it worked. <laughs> well, I I love that, and and I was thinking about it, and and a lot of that stuff that we did, those kind of kind of maybe not really exactly 
within the, the board. Oh, yeah. A lot of those things, a lot of that stuff was playground justice. Because so-and-so mm-hmm. had done something and you needed to do something. And not, not, not anything really overt, but you just needed to do that little it's, thing to get back at them a yeah. little bit. Maybe that needs to be a future episode, too, is playground justice. Well, it's, it's uh, setting limits on people, and kids will they, – they need tools to set limits on their peers, and we can help give them some tools. And they, if we don't give them any tools, they'll come up with their own, and usually a combination is what will sort out the world all right. Yeah, yeah. Um, but there's a, so much social and emotional and psychological learning that goes on. It's not just getting some energy out with running with Red Rover. I mean – I was a kind of puny short kid. I was the shortest kid in the class, usually, with the biggest feet, actually. And um, I had bigger feet than the teacher. <laughs> so I was a short little kid, and people would think that I, they, they underestimated me. Uh-huh. I'd come barreling at them, and they'd think I was so lightweight that they wouldn't have to hold on very hard. So it was great for me to psychologically plot against <laughs> what they were thinking about me to win the game. Uh-huh. There's, a lot of, there's a lot more learning that goes on um, in any simple playground game. Yeah, yeah, and, and so much of it is that that the ever-valued and ever-needed social learning that, that kids just aren't getting when they're in the standard classroom where it's hands to yourselves, feet on the floor, pay attention to the right. teacher, Well, sitting and in Jeff, that brings up, when we're talking about recess, now um, some schools are kind of, they're hiring um companies, some nonprofits, some for-profit companies, to come in and manage recess for them. I've seen because this. Because they're, um, they're worried about the chaos of recess, and especially for districts that have banned recess in the past, and now they're reinstating it. I mean, let's give a whoop of joy for <laughs> Yeah, that they're bringing it. it back. But because they've had a gap of time, they don't know what to do with it anymore, and so they're worried the kids won't know what to do. So they've hired... Um, uh, various companies to come in and orchestrate recess. And so some of these people, you know, they're, they're good with kids. These people come in, but they tell, they organize games. You know, we're going to play four square here. We're going to play basketball here. We're going to play this over here. And the kids have to choose something. And, you know, those games are good fun, but then it's more like, uh, you know, a, a, a camp where you're, or it's more like more school. It's more like gym class. Yeah, yeah, it's not, it's gym not. Gym class is not recess. It's yeah. Different. Yeah, it's a, it's 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 not it's a different it's a different creature. Um yeah, that that makes me It's better than no reason. Yeah, it's better than nothing, but, but it makes me sad that it's a thing. Yeah, and that's unfortunately gaining a lot of traction. It makes the administrators and the school people feel pretty comfortable cuz somebody out there is professional dealing with recess, but is it giving the kids what they need? And I think the key to recess that we really need to remember is it's a release. It's a release for the child to be themselves. Yeah. Just to have that space of time. If they want to stand still and stare at the clouds, that's what they want to do. If they want to chat to their friends and sit down in the shade, that's what they want to do. If they want to run around, great. But it's their own ideas. If they want to organize a game of basketball, but that's their own idea. It's got to be coming from the kids. They get to choose Who's on their team? They get to choose what they're going to do, if they're going to do anything at all. 
because it's that release from being told what to do is what recess is all about, and that's what we often forget. Yeah, they get to be powerful decision makers. They probably make more decisions in the average short little recess that they get than they do in the, the entirety of the rest of the day of school. They get to be the decider, and uh, there's, a, there's a lot of learning in, in that decider role. Yeah. Uh, you, we were talking about supervision of the playground and these companies coming in and everything, and that's eh, back in the seventies, early eighties. In uh, in my grown up playground days, our recess lady was the the I think I don't know what her official title was, school secretary, because the rest of the time she she spent in the office outside the principal's office, and she would be out during recess uh, smoking a cigarette with a whistle. And uh, I mean, just smoking away there in the playground, and uh, and blowing the whistle every once in a while. And if you if you really got the whistle meant, hey, you don't do that. And if you really got in trouble, you had to come and stand by her and breathe smoke for a while. I don't know if you... <laughs> <laughs> your punishment is cancer in your yeah, future. Yeah. yeah, I don't know. I don't know if, if that was intentional or not. But that's what it was. You had to go stand by her and and uh, and, and breathe secondhand smoke, and then you'd. Uh, you'd spend a minute or two with her and then she'd say behave yourself and then send us back out and uh that was that was pretty much the only i mean her and 150 kids is probably what it was and uh we all kind of kind of loved that that was good times mm-hmm. well i i saw a documentary and i can't for the life of me remember its name but it was about education and it interviewed countless kids and asked them what their favorite subject at, in the school day was and it showed kid after kid just saying recess yeah recess. yeah and those poor kids that but, don't get that but i think it, it gets back into the importance of, of of just time to be unstructured whether you're at home or at school because recess or just time to do your own thing that's when a child is allowed to be themselves you know when they're able to have the time to discover who they are it's a lot of identity searching and 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 just flopping around figuring out what you want to do that's all fine it's all figuring out life yeah. and it's so essential and it's often kind of shoulder to side yeah and as as parents and caregivers we as the adults need to be sure we're taking the actions necessary to to assure that children the children in our lives and our communities are are getting getting the recess that they need. It's uh, it's time to wrap up this episode. Thanks for joining me, Heather. We'll be back next week with another episode on some topic we haven't quite decided yet, but we hope you listen in. And, uh, you know, if you're liking the show or have questions, comments, concerns, issues, get a hold of us on the Upstairs Studio Facebook page, and uh, and we will respond because we, we really want to have you help guide the uh, the way this show evolves and grows. So uh, your your comments and feedback are important to us. Thanks for listening. We'll be back next week. Bye-bye. All right. Bye-bye. Thanks. Bye-bye. Thanks for listening. We'll be back next week with another episode. Music by Alexander Shoemaker. This has been an Explorations Early Learning Upstairs Studio production. Oh.